Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, we're back, and I'm back today with my producer, Chelsea Morrow. Chelsea, welcome back. Everybody loved you so much the first time that we decided that at least some of my solo episodes would be semi-solo, which actually doesn't mean you're half a person, but we would do it more like a Q&A because maybe it's more fun for people to listen to me answer questions than it is to me just yap to myself for <laughs> any period of time. Plus, you're really good at helping me keep on track. So thank you so much for being here again, Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. Okay, so we are going to talk today about, we decide, you know, we've been tossing around a whole bunch of different ideas and, you know, we've invited you guys, the listeners before, and we're going to continue to say, let us know, what do you want me to cover in these solo episodes? And today I just thought, because everybody's always so keen on bioregulators and peptides, that we would just cherry pick one bioregulator and kind of dive into it a little bit for the next 15, 20 minutes uh, to give you guys a taste of the kinds of stuff that we can start to dig up about the bioregulators. One of the things about bioregulators I think that people forget is there's actually a lot of research that's been done on them. It's just a little harder to get your hands on it. A lot of it's still in Russian. And sometimes, for example, today we're talking about pinealon. It won't show up in the research as pinealon. They'll, sh they'll post it as EDR. So EDR short chain peptide does this. And it's like, you know, who would know that it's EDR? So... Anyway, so I'm going to let Chelsea fire some questions at me and then that way it'll give some body and context to the information that you're going to get. <laughs> Amazing. So there are some misconceptions and myths around pinealon. So I thought that before we dive into, you know, what it is, what we use it for, just to kind of clear the air and kind of bust the main myths around this bioregulator. For sure. And I think, you know, what it is, is it's not, it's not as much a myth as it is a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. So pinealon has the word pineal in it. <laughs> and that means that a lot of people think that the pineal, pinealon is the pineal bioregulator when actually it's not. It, the pineal bioregulator, when we talk about the pineal bioregulator, we're talking about epitalon. And epitalon, or I call it epitalon, some people call it epitalon, like it's, you know, but aside from every peptide having many different names, people pronounce them completely differently. So it just adds to the you know, the symphony of confusion that surrounds these, these little tiny proteins. Mm -hmm. But basically, epitalon is a four amino acid um, bioregulator, whereas pinealon is a three amino acid bioregulator. And pinealon is more, it's considered to be the brain bioregulator. So it's more of a central nervous system application, whereas epitalon is really much more focused when we talk about it on the pineal gland. 
-hmm. which isn't to say that it doesn't have applications in certain other places in the body, but we're not talking about a pitalon today. Maybe we'll do one of these for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely when it comes to pinealon, it is really thought of as the brain bioregulator or the central nervous system bioregulator. Amazing. Okay. So maybe now we can dive into how it works on the brain and talk more about how it's the brain bioregulator. So the other thing about pinealon that a lot of, the other name thing about pinealon that gets misconstrued is it also has another name, which is cortexin. And cortexin is the trademark name for the actual biological extract. Pinealon is actually the name of the synthetic bioregulator. So we know that when we, when they extract these bioregulators from the tissues, glands, and organs from the animals, they can be prepared in preparations that, and it depends on, on where, on the peptide, but definitely they, many of them are available as capsules. So they're oral bioregulators, but then sometimes they will isolate the, that exact amino acid chain and that exact amino acid chain is um, synthesized in a lab. And that can be used either by subcutaneous injection or it can be used quite often by sub- in sublingual sprays or drops. And some of them are even available, bioavailable intranasally. Wow, that's amazing. I think that is one of the biggest misconceptions that we see, especially with people inside of your BSP community. So I'm glad that we were able to clear the air with that. So now that we know that it's the brain bioregulator, maybe you can tell us some of the basic details we need to know about this and exactly what it's doing in our brain when we use it. Yeah. Okay. Also, it has a third name, which is Serlutin. But so you guys, if you see Serlutin, Cortexin, or Pinealon, they're all part of the same family, just so you know. You know, there's still a lot that is not known, but from a broad perspective, it is considered to be neuroprotective, this this Pinealon. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be able to protect brain cells from the effects of hypoxia, which is lack of oxygen. So for example, in stroke, it might have an application there. It also positively affects circadian rhythm. It has beneficial effects for memory and l- it enhances learning. And it seems to have effects also on mood. And um, I'm missing one more here. Um, also it specifically has been shown to have some benefits for people with cognitive decline and even Alzheimer's. There's a couple of specific studies on Alzheimer's. Um, it gets pretty technical in there, so we're not going to go too deep in, in those weeds, but know that it definitely seems to have applications in all of these areas. It also seems to, that whole neuroprotective thing, it seems to protect uh, neuron cell, neuronal cells like brain cells from apoptosis. So that's cell death. Um, so it's, you know, there's, there's a lot that still seems to be, that's still under study. Um, but definitely it has pretty wide ranging effects. And one of the things that it also does that I actually, you know, didn't realize originally, cause I've always thought as a pitalon as the one bioregulator that affects telomeres positively. So now telomeres are the ends of your DNA. The people refer to them as the, like those tape kind of ends of the shoelaces on the DNA. Every time your DNA replicates, you lose a little piece of telomere. And when the telomeres get too short, your DNA can no longer replicate. 
right? So anything that's going to protect those telomeres so that your DNA can keep replicating is seen as a benefit mm-hmm. um, in the longevity space. And whereas epitalon upregulates the production of an enzyme called telomerase, right, which mm-hmm. restores that those telomeres, pinealon goes does it through a different pathway using a different compound called irisin. And what's really interesting about irisin is irisin is actually found mostly, I mean, it's mostly thought of as being found in skeletal muscle, but there's actually high levels of irisin in the brain as well. And you make more irisin in your brain by exercising. So that might be yet another way that being physically active and exercising can help with your longevity. Because if you have more irisin, irisin, it seems, has a positive benefit for telomeres as well. And it does that through Pinealon. Wow. This is that was a really long answer. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's amazing. I mean, this one bioregulator seems to do so many different things from like affecting your circadian rhythm to telomeres. That's just that's kind of wild. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And the other way that it protects brain cells, actually, I forgot to mention, is it protects brain cells from oxidative stress, Mm. right? So oxidative, oxidative stress is a natural process, like your mitochondria working. And as they work and, you know, like getting busy, they're creating reactive oxygen species. And we need some of those but we don't need to, we want to make sure that gets mitigated. And so one of the ways that pinealon seems to be protective to the brain is by mitigating that oxidative stress. And I would, I would say that, you know, one of the things that that's also really interesting about bioregulators in particular, this one is when you look at some of the human studies that were done, mm-hmm. generally speaking, you see the benefits mostly in people who are older or people who've had brain injuries mm. or people who have issues. So it doesn't mean that it's useless to anybody, to younger, healthier people. But I do think that, you know, when they talk about it's been, it has benefits for memory and learning, mm-hmm. it's going to be, you're going to see it more in the people who are who are, have been impacted by something mm-hmm. that's impacted their, their memory and learning. Interesting. Yeah. And, um, I do want to have us dive into the research, but before we do, I am curious, um, before at the beginning, you mentioned that there is a different form of this brain bioregulator and pinealon is the synthetic form. Why is it that we want to go with the synthetic form? We don't necessarily. I mean, you know, it's it's when to use the synthetic and when to use the biologic is, you know, I think it's this is where the art of bioregulators comes into play. And probably there's also a lot of science, obviously, and we don't we don't see all of it. Definitely. um, For some people, it's easier for them to get their heads around taking capsules Mm -hmm. with the oral bioregulator, and that's going to be the extract. Mm -hmm. And it's also, it's considered a nutritional supplement. Like it's not quite as, it's not quite as chemically feeling, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's more, it's almost like a food, not quite, but it's almost like a food versus the synthetic is it's, it's, it's interesting because it it gets used a little bit differently in in Russia, when they're going for a therapeutic application, they seem to flip between the two. But sometimes from what I've learned, what they seem to do is they will very often start with the synthetic because it gives you a faster effect. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it's more targeted and it's more concentrated. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of, they kind of kick things off with the synthetic Mm -hmm. and then they might 
continue with the oral kind of biologic. But it it really depends on the bioregulator because when we look at other bioregulators, like for example, apitalon or the thymus bioregulator, those have natural kind of biological extracts that can be used as injections intramuscularly. And that brings in like a whole other name, like that's epithalamin for apitalon and thymolin for the thymus one. And those are considered to be the most powerful versions, but they're also very hard to get a hold of. As a matter of fact, cortexin, I believe, is that form as well. And it's an intramuscular injection. It's very hard to get outside of Russia. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, maybe we could take a few minutes to dive into some of the research that's going on around this bioregulator and um, the research showing um these benefits. Yeah. So, so look, there's, you know, the, the research is very broad. I mean, definitely you've got everything from human trials with Alzheimer's patients to, and I mean, a lot of the human stuff is really happening and has happened in Russia. Right. Um, and so they've, they've done some studies and very often what's really interesting about a lot of the bioregulator study that you'll get from Russia is very often what they're doing is they're pairing the bioregulator with conventional treatment. And I think that's a really important thing to remember for everybody that, you know, even though it seems to show benefits for people with uh, some cognitive decline or Alzheimer's, that kind of thing, never forget that there's all the other pieces that may also help. So for example, I recently in my membership community, a woman came in and, you know, her mom is suffering from dementia and and cognitive decline. She's got terrible memory issues. And I think, I want to say maybe it is, it has been diagnosed as Alzheimer's, but sometimes it's a little bit harder to get to those diagnoses. Mm -hmm. And her mom's you know, she's getting on in years. She's like 91 years old. But we were talking about it on one of the Q&As. And one of the things I mentioned for the brain was ketone esters as a supplement. And I didn't even know, you know, what that this was going on for this woman in this group. Mm -hmm. And she came back about a week later and she said, okay, I was in the Q&A last week. And I'm just going to say that one thing I picked up was worth the price of admission in the group because she, she went off, she got her hands on some ketone esters and gave them to her mom. And it literally, like it totally did exactly what it can do in a best case scenario where it just brightened up her mother. It gave her mother's brain access to a source of energy that it didn't have access to. Right. So sometimes in Alzheimer's or certain neurodegenerative diseases, the brain becomes insulin resistant. So it can't use glucose, which is what it would normally use as fuel. And because it's very hard with these people to get them on a ketogenic diet, they don't have access to ketones. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you give these guys a ketone ester, it's essentially you're just all of a sudden you're providing a fuel source for brain cells that they can use. Mm-hmm. And and you see this impact. So she talked about how her mom knows that she has to drink the achy drink because they taste horrible. <laughs> but it makes her feel better and it gives her, you know, it helps her brain to function better. So, so it's just really interesting that these bioregulators 
very often will get used with mm-hmm. a conventional therapy. And so not that ketone esters are a conventional therapy by any stretch yeah. of the imagination, but but even they'll use them with medications, right? Mm-hmm. So for someone who's had a stroke, for example, they'll still have whatever other medications that they're giving to the person. Because, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things about stroke, because it's it's a lack of blood supply, therefore oxygen. So that's that hypoxic thing I was just talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. You, you want to get to that person as soon as possible, mm-hmm. right? So some of the people in this space, like some of the experts in this space, I know in their freezer have like a little kit and it's got all these peptides in it and there's instructions. And it says, in the event of me having wow. a stroke or whatever it is, administer this as soon as possible. Wow. Right. And so pinealon might be in that stack because it's, it's going to, what you want to do is you want to prevent as much as possible permanent damage by helping the brain to be more resilient to whatever the insult was. Mm -hmm. So you asked about research. There's a couple of other ones that are kind of interesting. There's, there's the, um, there's a, there's one that was done what was the discussion we were having about in vivo and in vitro? <laughs> so, so this is really interesting. And this is a distinction that, that is important to make, right? When we talk about research, we have to be careful that sometimes they're doing research in a test tube. And so it looks like something might be good for whatever process when they're looking at it in a test tube, but actually they haven't looked at it yet even in a um, in an animal model. And usually in research, just for those of you who may not be as familiar, I'm sure that a lot of you are because, you know, the audience here is, tends to be fairly sophisticated. But for the people who aren't necessarily up on this stuff, know that very often the research starts in a test tube. So they'll take for example, brain cells, and they're, they'll expose them to lack of oxygen, and then they'll throw in like a bioregulator or whatever, and they'll take a look at a cellular level, what seems to be happening, and th- which is really helpful, right? Because then what they do is they go, okay, well, if you can do this in the test tube, let's look and see if it will do, provide, if it'll give the same effect in an animal, mm-hmm. right? And so then some poor little mouse or rat, you know, sadly sustained some horrible brain injury or whatever, and they apply the peptide, the lucky guys get the peptide. And in a best case scenario, those, those results are translated in the animal. And then we take it over to human research eventually. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's part of the reason why it takes so long for a lot of this research to get out to people and, and to get used because by the time they've done it in the test tube, then they're doing it in the animals and they start with, you know, rats and mice. Sometimes they start with flies, like who knows, right? Mm -hmm. Then they'll move to rats and mice and then they'll move up to larger animals, then primates and eventually to humans. So, sorry, I went a little deep on that one, but one of the places where in vivo, they, they saw an effect was it seemed to be, it seemed to affect a, a compound that supports serotonin production, right? Now, in some of the human studies that they did in Russia, they talk about it helping with mood. And of course, if we have more serotonin in our system, it would impact our mood positively. Having said that, the, the, that specific impact on, on the serotonin was observed in, in vitro, not in vivo. So it was in cell cultures. I mean, they were brain cell cultures, but nevertheless, they were cell cultures in a test tube. So it remains to be seen 
you know, if that translates into humans, I would say that from what I've observed in my communities, so this is not scientific mm-hmm. fact, but from what I've observed in the communities, it, it's not sending anybody's serotonin levels up or down or sideways because mm-hmm. don't never forget that the hallmark of the bioregulator is really that it tends to try to reestablish, reestablish balance mm-hmm. rather than, than pumping things up or boosting them. So I don't think it would have like a major issue for serotonin. Having said that, if someone's on SSRIs, you know, you're going to want to be cautious on the off chance that it could have that kind of impact. Another really cool study that they did with Pinealon, which people wouldn't necessarily expect, is they did a study on on athletes, on competitive athletes. Mm-hmm. And they used Pinealon with um with um the um, one of the immune bioregulators. Now we know that competitive athletes, their immune system t- sometimes takes a massive hit just because they're working, you know, like you're overtraining. And so if you're overtraining, it's excess stress to the body and you just tend to get sick more often than the average bear. And so one of the big things about athletes is keeping them healthy when they're in a heavy training cycle. So when they stacked it with Christogen, which is another immune bioregulator, Mm -hmm. they did just two weeks of this. And they noticed that number, not only did they not get sick as often, but they actually adapted better to their sport and there is, and they had better perform like physical performance. Mm -hmm. And they are saying that it actually acts on two genes called the PPARA and the PPARG gamma gene. And these are all involved in cellular metabolism in muscles. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it is pretty remarkable how, and if you think about it as an athlete, you know that your central nervous system is critical to your performance. Like that communication from your brain to your muscles mm-hmm. is a massive piece of how successful you're going to be and how successfully you'll be able to recruit the right muscle fibers at the right times. Now, I'm conjecturing right now. Nobody, there's nothing in the literature that says exactly that, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's not a real stretch to say that having a central nervous system that's more efficient and more dialed in is going to translate into better sports performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one, which is really interesting because people really like to talk about biological age. And that is that there were some studies done in, again, in Russia, which is where the lion's share of this work is coming from, um, where they paired pinealon with vesugin. So those of you who are familiar with bioregulators know that vesugin is the blood vessel bioregulator and blood flow is going to be critical to the brain. And it's going to be critical to a million, your whole body. That's why, you know, when people ask me about my, my biggest, my most popular stacks, it would be epitalon, blood vessel, and thymus. Mm -hmm. Some days I think that maybe I should replace epitalon with pinealon, or I'm going to have to add a fourth leg to the stool (laughs) with pinealon. (laughs) But, but they did as they've done some studies where they showed that pinealon and vesugin seem to have a positive impact on biological age reversal. And what they don't talk about is how they were measuring that biological age. And I want to say right here, right now, that biological age is becoming this kind of term that gets thrown around Mm -hmm. by different companies, measuring different things. Some of them are doing it through blood. Some of them are doing it through epigenetics. Some of them, like there's just a million different ways. I'd say it's a bit of an amorphous construct right now, but regardless, it would appear that pinealon with the blood vessel bioregulator today together have a very, like just work really well synergistically. 
Hey guys, I wanted to share with you a revolutionary approach to well-being through the power of the gut microbiome, courtesy of Pendulum. Thanks to groundbreaking technological advancement in bacterial DNA sequencing, Pendulum delved deep into microbiome research, unveiling the impact of keystone bacterial strains on overall health. Pendulum leverages cutting-edge technology and microbiome science to identify proprietary strains such as the elusive Acromantia mucinophilia. These strains work wonders by increasing the synthesis of health-promoting postbiotics, strengthening the integrity of your gut barrier. I myself was really low in Acromantia. It was almost undetectable in my microbiome. I supplemented with three months of Pendulum's Acromantia and also with their Phenol Boost supplement. And guess what? I just retested my microbiome recently and my Acromantia is back. So you too can improve your health and well-being by tapping into the potential of the gut microbiome with Pendulum's clinically studied strains. To get your hands on some, visit pendulumlife.com forward slash Natalie, that's Natalie with an H, N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E, for 20% off the first month of any Pendulum product membership. Now let's get back to the episode. So kind of on that topic, I know that Pinealon really helps with anti-aging and longevity. So if someone wants to use it for these benefits, how would they incorporate it into their longevity protocol? Great question. So if let's say, you know, you don't have anything particularly going on and you're just, you know, let's say you're over the age of, you know, I tend to say 40. I've actually seen in some of these papers, they talk about 35 year olds as being benefiting, benefiting. So mm-hmm. who knows? And, you know, these days people are under so much stress mm-hmm. in so many different ways that there could be an argument for starting sooner. Mm-hmm. But let's say you wanted to just say, you know, I just want to give my body a little bit of love. Yeah. In the 35 to 45 range, if you were going to start that early, you might do like one month a year. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. If you were using pinealon, the synthetic, if you were doing, um, using it as a subcutaneous injection, you might do 20 days mm-hmm. of pinealon as a subcutaneous injection. If you were using the oral bioregulator, you would probably do a 30-day course mm-hmm. of two capsules a day. As you get older, right? So let's say we're over the age of 45 or over the age of 50, you know, kind of pick your pick your target there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might do that twice a year, mm-hmm. right? And so now once we get into our 70s, maybe we'd go, you know, three or four times a year. So if you really don't have... The, anything major going on, Mm -hmm. you might just do these kind of little pulses intermittently. If let's say somebody's feeling like, you know, like they're older and they're like, yeah, you know, I feel like my memory's slipping, blah, blah, blah. Look, the first thing I'm going to tell you is how's your diet? Are you exercising? Are you sleeping? You know, has your omega-3 status, like all the basic things. But what that person might, we might do is we might say, okay, well, maybe we'll do that 30 day kind of reboot, but maybe what we'll do is we'll do 10 days a month for another couple of months just to kind of carry it out a little further. Mm-hmm. But again, like it's, it's very dependent on the individual. It's not, you know, it's not, um, there's nothing really etched in stone. Um, and especially when you're using the oral bioregulator, when you're, you're kind of taking it almost like a nutritional supplement, you, you want to, you want to pulse it in, but you don't, you don't necessarily need to be taking it all the time. 
Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So we've kind of looked at using this bioregulator for longevity, for if someone has declining cognitive health, for athletes. Are there any other people that could benefit from Pinealon? And if so, how would they incorporate it into their protocols? Yeah, I think that's for the most part, that's about it, right? I don't think, I mean, anybody is going to want to support their their brain health, mm-hmm. like, or anybody who's in this who, whose, whose area of interest is in this sphere. Does everybody on the planet need to tap into this to have a healthier, better brain? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that this is, this is a really interesting tool. It's the way we talk about bioregulators as, you know, if we look at all the hallmarks of aging, the bioregulators aren't there, but if you look at the hallmarks of aging, definitely some of those hallmarks of aging would speak to what the bioregulators are able to do for us. Mm-hmm. So as part of as a as part of a healthy aging protocol, they would be a really interesting thing to weave into your protocol mm-hmm. as, over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think that specifically, I'm trying to think like, you know, we talked about stroke, we talked about some cognitive decline things, um, definitely on the Alzheimer's front, definitely maybe, you know, the athlete. Yeah, I think that's about it. I think we covered most of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I guess just one last question on kind of the benefits or the uses. At the beginning, you had mentioned that it has an effect on circadian rhythm. I'm so glad you went back to that. I was about to say, oh, wait, no, there's one more thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, I'd love to hear kind of how it affects that and and why we would want to use it for that. So again, like it's funny because I've always thought of Epitalon as the circadian rhythm regulator. And it seems that Pinealon also helps to regulate circadian rhythm. And so, you know, so people who, so they were taught, they talked in, um, in the studies I was I was looking at, they were talking about, um, shift worker, like the classic people who suffer from circadian dysregulation mm-hmm. and how pinealon seems to help to restore, to reestablish proper circadian, to reset circadian rhythm. So again, like, you know, people who are having sleep issues, I would never say that either of epitalon or pinealon will fix solve anyone's sleep issues, but it can be a piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely people that I've seen in our communities where they'll use, I hear it more about Epitalon, but they'll use Epitalon and they'll be like, man, when I'm using that stuff, it's I like I sleep like a baby. And it could be that for them, whatever their sleep issue is, Epitalon just kind of flips that switch for them. Whereas mm-hmm. a lot of other people have sleep issues. That's not their problem. Mm-hmm. right? Or their problem is overriding this, you know, they definitely have circadian dysregulation, mm-hmm. but whatever other issue they have is overriding the circadian dysregulation. So just regulating the circadian cycle is not enough for them. Mm-hmm. But definitely there's there's good evidence on this one as well. So there could be an argument for someone who's really struggling with sleep. Mm-hmm. There could be a um, a really good argument to say, let's maybe even pair pinealon with epitalon. And I would say, let's throw the blood vessel bioregulator in there for good measure. Mm-hmm. And let's see if that can be helpful because maybe it's going to go at that circadian reset through a couple of different pathways, just like we saw with the telomeres. They go at it from different pathways through different chemical processes. Mm-hmm. So when it's helping us with our circadian rhythm, it's really looking at our circadian rhythm through the sleep, not like... Um, 
like our, you know, how, uh, is it Sachin Panda kind of talks about the circadian rhythm is like our gut circadian, our gut circadian rhythm and all of these different aspects. This right. Is- so he talks about different circadian rhythms by organ system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's definitely more the global. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's that master circadian cycle mm-hmm. there. I think one of the things Sashin talks about, Sashin Panda talks about it. He talks about different systems and organ systems and even cells mm-hmm. having their own circadian rhythms, their mm-hmm. circadian cycles. And so I'm not sure that these bioregulators will affect. I actually don't know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I haven't read about it. Nobody really talks about it in the literature that I've seen. They're really more speaking about that global circadian reset that mm-hmm. regulates our sleep-wake cycle. Okay. Very interesting. So also you've chatted about a few different ways for us to administer um, the on. So how do we decide which is best for us, whether we want to go um, like injectables or orally? So, I mean, a big part of it, of course, is always your comfort level. And I think that, you know, I think from, um, from an ease and even from a compliance perspective, I think oral is always going to be easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get the synthetic as an oral, as a sublingual spray. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can get, you can do oral for either the synthetic or the biologic, Mm -hmm. um, which is really, which is a nice feature. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, For the subcutaneous injection, I mean, it's a little bit more aggressive. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think for me, if it was someone who was really having major issues Mm -hmm. and hopefully they'd be working with their physician and their practitioner team and talking about this and looking at it and then thinking about it as a subcutaneous injection, because that's going to be maybe the best, the most efficient way to get it into the system. Mm -hmm. And they would be able to titrate the dosing Mm -hmm. based on the individual situation. But for people who are using it more as a preventative or, you know, as one of these things that we're doing to maintain optimal health, Mm -hmm. I think that either the oral capsules or the sublingual drops or sprays would be great and they'd be just as good. Okay. That's, that's good to know. So if someone just wants like longevity benefits, a supplement or oral form is perfectly fine. So let's say we're someone that we feel like this is something that we want to include into our protocol, or there's someone in our family that we think can benefit from it. Where would we find it even? Right. So that's a good question. I mean, definitely availability of bioregulators over the last couple of years has been a little bit off and on, but, but definitely now, um, there's my favorite places people know is in the UK, it's called profound health. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's profound health.com and we'll put the discount code in the, in the show notes. Um, but there's also, if they happen to be out of stock, um, there's another company called cosmic nootropics that I really like. They've, mm-hmm. they carried as well. And we'll, we'll put all this in the show notes and then for the synthetic that the injectable ones, we'll put those down in the show notes as well. There's a couple of good, but at that point you're kind of moving into research lab territory, which, you know, people may or may not be comfortable with. I would just say, you know, if you're going to go that route, then be very aware and do your homework and make sure that you're confident that who you're getting it from knows what they're doing, that they're not just buying some stuff over from overseas and repackaging it here mm-hmm. and selling it off. Cause it's, 
you know, it's unregulated. It's a bit of a wild west. And we just, you know, we, these are, these are really great. They have, they seem to have a very good safety profile, but you know, if you don't know what's in that vial, you don't know what you're putting into your body. So we want to have clarity about what we're using. Yeah. 100%. So for someone who, you know, is super serious about this, who wants to get more serious about their longevity protocol or healing, whatever health issue that they have. And, you know, I feel like all the information out there that we can find, you know, on people's podcasts or on their Instagram, it's always kind of surface level. So Mm -hmm. if we want to dive deeper into these topics, like where do we go for that? Yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, there's, there's, because it's still a very, it's it's a new field in North America. It's not new in other places, but it's new here. I think it's still very much evolving. I mean, definitely there are places and and the thing is that there aren't even if you look at A4M and some of those organizations, they're not typically doing a lot of education around the bioregulators. Mm-hmm. Um in the in my membership community on BSP, the BSP community, mm-hmm. we definitely are doing regular deep dives into different peptides and bioregulators and trying to improve everybody, including my education level on these things. So we're always kind of digging around and looking for studies. And um, and like I said, like we do deep dives mm-hmm. on, the, on the regular, like every month we have a new deep dive. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I saw Pineal on, on the lineup for the next <laughs> next couple of months. So, um, so yeah. Oh, yeah. If you like this episode, go join the BSP community and you can expect some more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there'll be more. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I think that's um, all the questions that I had for this bioregulator. Is there any last thing that you want to say about it? No, I think we pretty much got most of it. You know, it's always interesting that, you know, I myself, like I'm always learning about these things. And every time I go in and go digging around, like today I found a paper that was published in 2022. Like there's some, there's actually some relatively recent research that's coming out and, um, you know, the, and it's and that one was actually done by by a team of Russian researchers, including Professor Kavinson, who was who's the guy, as we know, who really kind of discovered these and developed them and researched them. Who sadly in December passed away. So, um, so yeah. So there's there's still new stuff coming up, and the good news is that he wasn't alone doing this research. There's it's gotten a lot of attention from a lot of people. So mm-hmm. it's it's about it's about any other area in health optimization and and biohacking, and that is that what you know today, you better keep looking because tomorrow it's going to change, and it's going to change the day after that too. <laughs> it's going to keep growing. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was a great little deep dive into Pinulon. And um, yeah, if people want to learn more, head over to the BSP community. Yep. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Chelsea. This was fun. Before we wrap up today's episode, I'd love to invite you to join my biohacking superhuman performance community, aka the BSP community. This is a place where we dive deeper into longevity science, peptides, and bioregulators. If you're looking to get into the nitty gritty on these larger topics, this is the place for you. Plus, we hold weekly Q&A sessions, either with myself or with special guests for live interviews for you to join, and you can ask questions to the community for everyone to answer along with myself. It's an amazing community. If you want to join, head over to natnidham.com 
forward slash BSP dash community to join or find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for your continued support and for tuning into today's episode. I wish you all the best this week in your biohacking superhuman performance. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the biohacking superhuman performance podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.